This is Secrets to Win Big, your roadmap to sustained growth. Brought to you by Arjun Sen, founder and CEO of Zen Mango, top brand growth driver and a former Fortune 500 executive who has been called one of the most marketing intelligent minds in the business. Find him at zenmango.com. And now, here's your host, Arjun Sen. Welcome to Secrets to Win Big with Arjun Sen. Hi, this is Arjun. And today, it's a pleasure to talk to Swapan Seth, who is a brand marketing creative consultant. He's also an author, a columnist with leading lifestyle magazines, an art collector, a wine collector. And, you know, first part of our conversation will be about brand, but then I want to talk about life because I really have to share how I got connected with Swapan. I read an article on Rishikesh and I just felt reading the article was somebody was painting with words and I was actually there. And before I also start, I also want to throw in a little caveat for the audience. This is my first audio recording I'm doing from Kolkata, the city where I was born in Kolkata, India. So there will be a little bit of traffic background noise, but that again is Kolkata. So truly an honor and a pleasure, Shopan, to talk to you, that too from Kolkata. My pleasure entirely. I'm from Calcutta as well, born and brought up there. So, you know, first of all, when I went through your bio, you know, I'm also in branding. Nearly most branding bios are the same. It can be a search replace, but there was something very unique, three sentences that hit me hard. And for each one, if you can tell me a little story about where it came from or a story of a brand that you are comfortable sharing, it would be an honor and a pleasure. First is, you talked about, I'm seeking to add consumer centricity, sensitivity, and delights to brand. Can you share more on that, please? Yeah, so, so I, I, I think um, I'm very picky and choosy about the brands that I work for. In fact, currently, as, I, as I've, I've gotten older, I have a little caveat in our credentials presentation. I only work for brands whose consumer I am or whose aesthetic I like. So let me give you a couple of examples. Uh, there was a lady and, and her husband who had just come back from America and they met me and my brother and they said that, you know, we want to launch a bread brand. And uh, the two of us, my brother and I said, okay, uh, launching a bread brand would have been a very, very humdrum kind of boring uh, kind of an assignment. But, but, you know, my brother and I spoke about it and we said that, how do we make this bread the most talked about thing once a week, every week for several years? And what we did was uh, we created this entire uh, strap line for the brand, which says first class bread bakwas advertising, which means first class bread awful advertising. And the advertising every week, Arjun, was, was a long limerick, which I wrote. Uh, I, made, I made the protagonist of the bread a Sardarji. And it was, a, it was a commentary on anything that happened. It could be a commentary on terrorism. It could be a commentary on politics. It could be a commentary on society. This ad would appear in, in one particular place in a newspaper once a week, every week. I remember, I think it was a Tuesday. Uh, the advertising became almost cultish. And uh, they reached a point where, where they would actually go into offices and people would say, these bakwas advertising people are here. I mean, these awful advertising people are here. Mm -hmm. So the point of the matter is that uh, over time, the brand still to this day commands about 95% market share. In, in Delhi, 
uh, NCR where it's it's launched and it was never launched elsewhere. So the point of the matter is that how do you make something as as banal as as bread uh, a part of people's everyday lives and and part of folklore? So I think uh, we added that that bit of delight to that brand. The other brand that I'm particularly proud of, which is very very small, was a brand called Salad Days. I mean, once again, how do you make kale interesting? How do you make uh, basil or you know thyme part of uh, everyday life? So once again, we created advertising that was that was a commentary on 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 our times. And and even today, if you ask people, have you heard of Salad Days? They will always say that, oh, of course we do. The point of the matter is that you know, uh, like you said, brands are brands. There is a flood of them all over the world, and it's very, very difficult in these times of you know huge media spends, omni marketing channels for a brand to truly stand out and stand apart. And I think I've always endeavored to to do that to brands. When you can add a certain kind of relevance, a certain kind of cultism to brands, I think uh, uh, you do them good and you do yourself good. Yeah, that's really it. No, what I really like is you made something which could have been a task to something that is very relatable. Yeah. And second thing I also loved in the story, especially on the brand story, is you created a momentum. It just becomes like a mini series. Like I am now anxious to know what happens next on a Tuesday. Yeah. And the self beating up with the bakwas, which is, you know, some kind of you know, translation, I think, you know, politically incorrect would be BS, you know, something like that. I really think that people love people who beat up on themselves. You know, an example that reminds me was when I was in the corporate world, I got a job offer to take over as the head of marketing for Anheuser-Busch. Everything was amazing. Till I think I was talking to my daughter who pointed out that I do not drink beer. And it just, you know, it just was a great thing that I realized that I could do a great job, but I would never be excited about holding that bottle of an Anheuser-Busch product. And you cannot fake it. And it's not fair to have a team leader who fakes it because then the whole team becomes a fake team. So, yep. and I really love that part about your conversation that you have to be connecting to the brand personally. You know, you also have talked about the first-hand need and art of percolation of purpose. Can you just help me get an example of purpose, how you connected a brand to the purpose? Well, you know, uh, so purpose can have various definitions and it's, and it's absolutely pristine definition. It has a kind of a, a holy halo around it. I'm, I'm not really talking about that. I, I'm more talking about how brands must have a purpose for consumers how they must live out certain consumer expectations, certain consumer ideals. Um, if we take Harvard's goal, I think the purpose was to, was to actually entertain people every Tuesday. Uh, you know, it was a time when, you know, India was, was fast uh, growing and stuff like that. And we, we all as consumers have our own set of problems and our own set of preoccupations. But when a brand serves the purpose of, of delighting a consumer every Tuesday, making him or her smile, um, you know, amidst a newspaper, which is, which is pregnant with bad news mostly. I think uh, that's, that's a great purpose uh, that, that is served. Arjun, I've, I've, you know, I've never, so it's an absolutely incorrect thing to do, but I've never 
I've, I've never followed a brand voice for a consumer. You know, Neil French is, is often accused of that. And, and often people uh, would tell Neil and me that, you know, you impart your own voice to brands. And that is incorrect because uh, brands can't be you or they shouldn't be you. And I, and I have a contrarian perspective. I think, I think, like I mentioned, because I only work for brands that I use, I, I, I give them a voice which, which has a certain purpose, which has a certain style, which has a certain um, job to deliver. So, so when I wrote about that in my, in my note to you, that is the kind of purpose that, that I think I was talking about, that, that brands must either entertain, they must inform, but they must serve that entire purpose of, of delighting consumers. That is very, very important. I think anything that I write, uh, I believe that consumers, when they read it, should laugh, should feel happy, should feel that, oh, it's a really witty take, and that I've learned some interesting things about, about how brands work or how this particular brand is all about. And uh, I, I was also fortunate enough, along with my brother, to launch Kingfisher Airlines. And at that point in time, Jet Airways was really the, the gold standard of aviation in this country. But we changed the rules. We, we changed the purpose of the brand. The purpose of the brand was then to, to impart a certain kind of luxury that the Indian consumer had never felt in the skies. And uh, we are always uh, grateful that the client, in this case, you know, uh, accepted all of that. So we had a valet service when you checked in. We had a lady in the aircraft who, who wiped your glasses if you were wearing glasses. Uh, we had spare shirts in the cabin, just in case yours uh, was creased. So all of that, all, all serving a purpose of providing consumer delight. And, you know, it's really incredible how you talked about connecting it to delight. And the thing that I wrote down is brand must have its own voice that connects to delighting customers. I too have a consulting brand and yeah. our consulting is based on a very simple thought that we are all in the feeling business. Yeah. If you and I don't feel good, like go back to visualize you and I are six year olds playing soccer in Kolkata. Yeah. If we didn't go feel good about hanging out together as friends, we would not be friends. Okay. Like when we feel together, that connects. And that's the part where I love the way you brought the thing about delighting, but I also loved you talked about not Swapun's voice, but the voice of the brand. You know, twice in our conversation, you have alluded to, talked about your brother. Could you just elaborate a little bit about him and give a little shout out to him and give us a little more experience about a share about what, how fun it is to work with your brother? You see, it's, it's, it's very difficult, as you know, in India to, to work with brothers. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's exceedingly difficult. I mean, it's more difficult when when um, two of them are absolutely replicas of each other. Both are, both are extremely alpha males, both are extremely creative people, both are extremely quick on the take. But um, if you ask me in my career, who was this, the smartest man that I worked with, uh, it would be my brother. Because I think um, there is nothing wrong that I can do as far as Suhail is concerned. And, and he bought some brilliant advertising from me for clients. He sold some brilliant advertising to clients. And I think uh, the wonderful thing is that we both knew where, where one's skills would end and the other's skills would take over. So there are a bunch of things that I can never do, which he did. And there are a bunch of things that he could never do, which I can. And I think it's, it's this entire complementary, uh, what should I say, skillmanship that, that really made uh, working with him and, 
an absolute pleasure and and something which i which i sorely miss to this day because even today my most engaging conversations are actually with my brother and i can be regaled by him i can be inspired by him and and all kinds of stuff so now let's go beyond living brands yep and that's the part where as i started going through your bio what i realized is you love what you do but at the same time there are other passions in your life that define you and for example without the rishikesh article i wouldn't have ever had the fortune of getting to know you so can you share a little bit about what gets you excited in life your passions so so i have multiple passions i mean be it be it travel be it art be it music be it books be it whatever uh, but but more importantly arjun i'm a very enthused guy i'm i'm a i'm an easily inspired guy i'm mean, why go far i mean just yesterday i was i was reading the new york times and they talked about the fact that uh, this lovely uh, web series on elizabeth holmes who ran who ran a company in in america called terranos i don't know whether you know about it but um, uh, this entire series on on elizabeth holmes is going to be launched and it's called the dropout and it was going to be launched on hulu and uh, we are not very fortunate enough in india to get hulu very easily but you know i i i finally found it on disney hotstar and i i persuaded my entire family my two sons and my wife to to watch it and uh, i watched it till about 12 am this morning uh, the point of the matter is that i have a lot of other interests and passions and i and i keep them alive and and what i do for a living actually just occupies 5% of my time and 5% of my headspace so i have lots to read lots to see lots to hear lots to look at and uh, yeah and, and and therefore this entire thing about work life balance uh, means nothing to me I've, i mean i've always had a more less work and more life balance as far as i'm concerned and i'm i'm fortunate enough to be able to do that but i think you know when i see people in advertising i find them to be the most boring people that you can ever meet because all they talk about are pencils and you know lions and elephants and other such strange things but those things have no relevance to me beyond a point in time because uh, like i said that that is just 5% of what i do uh, but but if you talk to someone from from advertising about you know about art or about music there is very little that they will have to contribute and that to me is a crying shame because uh, you can't live your life by your work you can't be defined by your work i'm not defined by my work you know if you if you look at someone if you look at anyone you know who's who's hugely successful in advertising he or she is defined by their work do i really know about what x y and z does beyond winning 14 uh, pencils at dnad no i don't and i think that's 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 a bit sad because uh, work can't define you you have to be defined by many more things but i also think that you're being little humble because even if you delighted one person on one tuesday yeah that is one more than the world would have had by itself so so i really think that that's the part where again sometimes we have all different matrix or different measures for measure you know looking at success and what great advertisers are and in my humble opinion is the person who delights one person and one more i really think goes a long way because you're creating something in the moment of a person's life and truly applaud you for that if i may add one more thing i truly go for it i think we're missing out a very very important link in this entire journey which is the client i think 
we as advertising people can do whatever we want to do and aspire to do whatever we want to do. But across the table is, is a person, a lady or a gentleman called the client uh, who has to have the complete courage and conviction to, to go behind uh, a bread campaign that does not mention milk, that does not mention you know, any benefits, that does not mention softness of the bread or anything. Uh, you need a very courageous client to, to be behind that. And I think uh, the best thing of my life really is I worked with absolutely courageous clients who had the complete guts, the complete faith, the complete conviction in, in what I thought would be good for their brand. So actually the, the recipients of, of any applause is really the clients that I work for. I work for some absolutely outstanding clients and I still do. And I love that phrase, find clients who are courageous. Love that. Yeah, because clients can be wimps, you know, most of them, 90% of them are complete wimps. Um, I understand. There's a lot of pressure on them to keep their job. Yeah, and sometimes yeah, people get micromanaged. Absolutely. But if you find that 10%, which I always do, mm -hmm. I mean, like I keep joking, I, I always find one client every year for whom I can write uh, advertising of more than 2,500 words, you know, some luscious and uh, really uh, delightful long body copy ads. I, I find alcohol manufacturing. I mean, I got Balvini, okay, to to actually accept a two thousand word ad. So mm -hmm. you know, I mean, that's a, that's like amazing. Uh, there's another question that who reads body copy? I really don't care about that. Mm -hmm. uh, some people do, some people don't. But I write for myself. I write for my brands. I write for my clients. And if uh, three of us can read it, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, and I think you know that's the part where. You know, the place I'm connecting is with you. Yeah. Is if I want to get fired by a client, I want to get fired on the first date itself. And I was working with a client who was bringing in a new burger concept to US. They had a lot of money. And on day one, I asked them very clearly, the world really doesn't need another burger place. <laughs> like, seriously, like, you have choices of your restaurants that like you don't need a third or a fourth choice. You Absolutely. already have. Yep. And so I asked, what is it the one reason you guys will be that burger place which will excite me? Yeah. And I would right away tell everyone about it. Yeah. They didn't know that. So their name was called Icon Burger. And okay. when I went and sat in their restaurant, I realized that everything they do, they smash it. Like to okay. the point where even when they take a chicken patties, they marinate it, put it in a Ziploc bag, and then they smash the heck out of it. Lovely. And me not being that smart, I had to ask the question, why do you smash it? And then I got the whole story about smashing makes it juicier, cooks better, blah, blah, blah. And from a layman's point of view, I really got it. And also smash has a lot of good connotations among younger millennials. Of course. So that became the name of the brand. Lovely. And they looked at me funny for a moment. And then when the whole management team tweaked, it just really was a great feeling when Smashburger later on sold for obscene amount of money. But, and I think you nailed it because if they had every right to refuse me and call me a complete idiot. Yeah. And, you know, they found a new icon, could have made the I a burger and everything else and be another me, just yeah. like another brand. How horrible. Yeah. So now, Swapan, I just want to take you to a virtual land. Visualize you just walk into a restaurant or your favorite pub or bar. And you meet two other people. 
And the two other people are a 16-year-old Swapan and a 90-year-old Swapan. Oh, gosh. This is a tough one. Carry on. What would that conversation be between three of you? This is really tough, Arjun. Uh, can we postpone this question towards the end of our chat? Absolutely. Yeah, but it's a fascinating question. It's got to, it's, it's going to get me thinking. Uh, absolutely. So, Swapan, you know, when you look back, you are a person of incredible talent. Anything you want to do, you can. You keep your windows open. You have always filling yourself with new information. That's beautiful, keeping your windows open. I think, I think that's so important, Arjun. Uh, uh, yeah, I never thought of it this way, but I think that as a phrase in, encapsulates or should encapsulate everyone's life. I think uh, you have to keep your windows open. I mean, that is just so beautiful. Because we do not know what we do not know. Yeah, and yeah. that's the part where when you talked about the Elizabeth Holmes TV yeah. series, yeah. there are things that enriched you that you never went seeking, but it came to you because you kept the windows open. So now, I guess, I know you are a very humble person. If you take a step back, what is the thing that you're most proud of in your life thus far, which is your biggest win? About the people who worked with me. I mean, uh, I, I always say that in, in the few interviews that I give every year, I, I instantly give one or at best two, because I just find it very, very difficult to, to talk about myself. But uh, what I'm most proud about is the fact that uh, I work with some incredible people. Uh, just the other day, I went for a, for a wedding party here in, in, in Delhi in India. And this couple came up to me and said, oh, you know, we had no idea you were going to be here. Can we take a selfie with you? And I said, why? They said, because our son interned with you. Uh, and, and he came and interned with you all the way from London. And I said, oh, really? I mean, what's his name? And they mentioned his name. And I, sorry, I couldn't remember at that point in time. I had the most fascinating and the brightest minds work with me. And um, they're doing fabulously well. They're millionaires. They're, you know, CMOs. They're head of great companies. And I look back and I, and I keep wondering that, you know, that is something that I should be proudest of, that, that I actually helped spawn some very, very fine minds. I've had some great interns working with me. And, and I think uh, my perspective towards, towards people has always been very, very democratic. To use your phrase, I've kept the window open. Um, my interns were never cocooned in a room where they were shunned the entire day. My, my interns came with me for a meeting with the chairman of Coca-Cola. And, and here's an incident. There was a girl who was about 13 years old and I had a meeting with the chairman of Coca-Cola and I said, uh, why don't you come with me? And she said, but sir, what will I do? I said, see, I, I've begun meeting the chairman of Coca-Cola when I was 48. You are meeting him when you're 13. Can you imagine what that will mean to you and to your life and to your career? And yeah, the three of us had lunch with the chairman of Coca-Cola. And I think... Um, She's never going to forget that. That's going to be a lasting impression. She'd probably never meet him again in her life. But I think uh, keeping the windows open for them, keeping the windows open for yourself is, is, is wonderful. And I've been fortunate enough to have windows that are easily opened. And I'm, I'm grateful to God that I had the sensibility to keep them open. So what I'm proudest of is not my work, is not my clients, is only about the fantastic people who I work with and the fantastic things that them, that each of them are doing even today. Yes, Papan, this is the part that will fascinate you is I have finished close to nearly 200 episodes of my podcast. Wow. 
and so, you know, and I tried to measure the bizarrest of things, and I take a lot of notes. Then I went back and started looking at some of the top leaders. Yeah. And I've asked a similar question. What was bizarre was the answer was the same for really? wow. all of them. Not okay. a single one of them bragged about a single big accomplishment that defined them. Everyone, some even went, just like you talked about that intern, some even went back details about individuals that they are proud of. And that's the part where, you know, the big aha for me listening is the success of a team is who is following you. I can be the biggest leader with nobody following me. In my mind, I'm a leader, but I'm not. And I really love that. And the very fact you talked about it, you know, I got really excited by saying, wow, you know, this is another cool professional leader who gets it. And you're talking about the 13-year-old, because I really feel if you just look at, you know, how you change the slope of that kiddo's life, the Beautiful. growth. Beautiful. You changed it forever. So to me, I just think that he or she will grow at a faster rate because you literally open doors which may not have happened. So with that, could we come back to our question as being the last question about your conversation with 16-year-old Swapan and 90-year-old Swapan? What so comes to your mind? So to the 16-year-old Swapan, I will, I will ask him the one question. So Arjun, I, I have a simple rule. I, I, I spend Saturday, every Saturday, I have lunch with a cool guy. And that cool guy has to be someone much, much younger than me. And uh, to the 16-year-old Swapan, I would ask him, tell me, what do I need to know? Okay. And uh, to the 90-year-old Swapan, I would still ask him, tell me, what would I need to know? Because I think everyone, uh, irrespective of age, be it 16 or 90, everyone has a story which is worth knowing. Everyone has something to tell you which is, which is worth uh, uh, gathering. And actually, I, I really believe that uh, our best job, I mean, my only job is just gathering uh, perspectives, knowledge, all of that from various people. So a 90-year-old would tell me several things that I wouldn't know of, and a 16-year-old would, would tell me several things that I don't know of. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm by nature a very curious person. And uh, it, it is often that I actually send a mail to a lady in Calcutta. She must be about 30 or 31. And I just send her a mail which says, tell me what do I need to know this month about what's happening and what's cool in the world. So yeah, those would be the questions that I, was asked, that I would ask. Tell me, what should I know? It could be music. It could be something to read. It could be about a cool hotel. It could be about a cool brand. It could be anything. But I think uh, curiosity is important. And everyone fuels your curiosity, a 90-year-old and a 16-year-old. But talking about your point about leadership, so I have a, an interesting take on that. I think uh, I, I believe that the goat herd approach to leadership is actually the best approach, that you never lead from the front, actually. You lead from behind. So the, the goat herd is always behind the flock. He's never ahead of the flock. So I've, I've always believed in that goat herd philosophy. And the other guy who I always believe uh, has a similar perspective is actually Piyush Pandey. Piyush, will, Piyush never leads from the front. Piyush leads from the back. And, uh, and if a leader has your back, I think that is great leadership. So I have a very, uh, a story which is very close to me. Yeah. And I found this video accidentally online. Yeah. A high school country, a uh, cross country race was happening in Utah. 
and the video picks up where the kids are all finishing inside the stadium. Yeah. This one kid, when he comes in, he sees another kid who was cramping and hurt was on the ground. Our star stops there for his friend. And very soon in the video, you see some race official coming in. We don't, I don't know what happened. Then the kiddo picks up the hurt friend on his shoulders and starts jogging towards the finish line. Yes. Then he pauses at the finish line, helps his friend go across the finish line. Yeah. And then he crosses. Yeah. So I found this kid and I had to ask him, I said, so what happened? He said, Arjun, when I came into the stadium, I saw my friend who was always a better runner than me. And he had, he was seriously injured. Yeah. I could not think of finishing the race without him because we have always ran together. Yeah. Secondly, I said, so what happened about the picking up? He's like, no, 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 Arjun, it was not nothing that intense. The race official comes and tells me that if I touch my friend, I'm disqualified. And just to get her out of the equation, I picked my friend up. Fantastic. And then I asked him, so what happened when you made him cross on his own? He said, I didn't want my friend to ever leave high school thinking he did not finish his last race. Yes. I wanted him to finish. And you know what? And when I talked to both of them, they had a big smile on their face together. And I knew that these guys will be friends forever. But what these two kids taught me, a true leader crosses the finish line, as you're talking about, only after he or she helps everybody else crosses cross the finish line. Yeah. And they don't think about consequences. Like this kid may have missed out on a scholarship, but I really feel that he's so far ahead. He doesn't need formal education. He's always a leader. Absolutely. So, Stefan, this was a really fascinating conversation. And the two things that you said at the end, I really want to push those things in front of the audience. One is every person we need to not only have the window open, but really mean it when we ask the question, what do I need to know? Yeah. I really love that question. And I love the way you ask the question. Because if you ask the question, hey, what do I need to know? means no boss, you know everything. But if you really want to know, I think that's what gets the answers. But finally, I really think that the biggest line that you are leaving me with today is a line that you dropped at the end of your conversation is everyone as a story worth gathering. And I really think that that sums up your curiosity, your openness. And also when you talked about, you don't want to be the voice of the brand, the brand will find its own voice. I really love that, that everyone has a story that is worth gathering. So Swapan, Absolutely. I really appreciate you sharing. Any final thoughts? Thank you for this. Um, you know, there was a lovely book uh, and I recommend it to everyone. It's a book called, uh, I think it's written by Jim Collins. It's called From Good to Great. And, if, you know, so I have this habit of of, of taking my, my, my highlighter and highlighting, you know, sentences from that book. And that entire book is filled with highlights. But there's just one little thing, which once again, uh, I've always um, practiced or not, not entirely practiced or tried to practice all my life. He says, there are two kinds of leaders. There is one who walks into the room and says, here I am. And there's the other who walks into the room and says, there you are. And I think that that nuanced difference 
is is really what leadership is all about. It's not about here I am. It's it's about there you are. Thank you for this conversation. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Scott. And I hope you have a fine stay in Calcutta. You've been listening to Secrets to Win Big with Arjun Sen, founder and CEO of Zen Mango, top brand growth driver and a former Fortune 500 executive who has been called one of the most marketing intelligent minds in the business. To learn more, visit www.zenmango.com. Share this podcast with your friends and subscribe wherever you like to listen to podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.